Hi there, I'm Travis Mitchell, Head of the Economic Policy and Small States Team at the Commonwealth Secretariat. As we know, financial technology is being used more and more in several countries across the world and indeed in the Commonwealth. Recognizing this revolution and a response to a request from Commonwealth Central Bank Governors for support with understanding and regulating fintech applications, the Commonwealth Secretariat has developed the Commonwealth Fintech Toolkit. The Commonwealth Toolkit provides technical guidance on a range of fintech topics, including blockchain and cybersecurity, and it offers a framework for governments to build an enabling environment for fintech development. This toolkit is part of our training being offered by our partners, the Universities of Oxford and Cambridge, which aims to take our fintech capacity building initiative a step further by offering in-depth fintech training to Commonwealth member governments. That's all for now. Please listen and enjoy your fintech journey around the Commonwealth. Welcome to Fintech Journeys, part of the Commonwealth's Fintech Toolkit. This three-part podcast goes more deeply into some of the toolkit's case studies. We'll be exploring how three quite different countries have embraced financial technology on their own fintech journeys. I'm Jemima Kelly, a journalist at the Financial Times. I've spent much of my career writing about fintech and cryptocurrencies. Join me to examine the potential and the pitfalls of the newest financial technologies that could reshape the way we bank, do business, spend, share and save. In this episode, Bermuda. Over the past three decades, Bermuda has established itself as a global hub for insurance companies. It's drawn in businesses with a combination of low taxes, light touch regulation and easy access to the US market with its speciality being reinsurance. That's the cover that regular insurance companies buy to protect themselves against unexpected extreme events, such as hurricanes, earthquakes, or global pandemics. But insurance is a maturing industry, and Bermuda's status as a global hub is under threat, with its advantages being eroded by new US laws and with tax havens everywhere coming under scrutiny. So now it wants to diversify. And that want has become particularly pressing during the last few months. As well as insurance, the North Atlantic island relies heavily on tourism for its economy. And that's been hit very hard by COVID-19. Financial technology offers the possibility of bringing in business that doesn't require people to travel. Bermuda is in the very early stages of building fintech in its territory. In 2017, Bermuda elected a new premier, David Burt, who's taken the lead. Burt has a background in this area, with a double major in finance and information systems from George Washington University in the US. He was previously a coder and startup founder, and at 41, is the youngest national leader in the country's history. Bermuda is creating a package of legislation, along with an action plan to help build an ecosystem that is supportive of businesses that focus on digital assets. These assets could include cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and other kinds of tokens built on blockchain, such as stablecoins, that are pegged to central bank-issued currencies like the dollar. David Schreier is an associate fellow at the Said Business School at Oxford University. He's an author and entrepreneur and calls himself a futurist. He's the project lead for the Commonwealth's fintech toolkit. Bermuda is 
taking a look at fintech on the dimension of digital assets. Bermuda had a long-time history of working with the insurance industry and having uh, AML and KYC and other regulatory compliance functions that were uh, aligned with European and U.S. norms and and standards. Uh, And so uh, when fintech began bubbling up and and the premier of Bermuda uh, went to the World Economic Forum in in Davos, Switzerland, and, and went to an event where a lot of fintech innovators and leaders were talking about change and transformation in the global financial services industry, they identified digital assets, meaning uh, typically things like cryptocurrencies and blockchain-derived digital assets, as an interesting area where Bermuda's excellence in compliance and regulation could help elevate them versus other domiciles that an entrepreneur might look to go into to help bring digital assets into the mainstream. Major retired Alan Wayne Smith has been head of the Bermuda government's fintech business unit since 2018. He credits the Premier, David Burt, with kickstarting the island's new direction, and he's very excited about its potential. The Premier is a visionary leader. Bermuda, I, I say, is one of the luckiest countries on the planet, especially at this time, because we have a leader who has a background in finance and technology. We are in the fourth industrial revolution that's being driven by technology. We have a technology-friendly government, innovation and and entrepreneurship-friendly government that is being and working to be the place where these entrepreneurs and developers and creators can live, work, and play, have a country that understands their business, have a regulator that understands what they're trying to do and will help them to develop and launch their ideas to the world. Uh, And also, we can have some benefits for Bermuda by developing our economy, generating incremental revenue, attracting companies to come to Bermuda, and creating jobs. We're trying to sort of be the Silicon Valley of the Atlantic Ocean, if you wish. Competing with Silicon Valley when you're a small island of just over 60,000 inhabitants might be something of a tall order. And it's not like other countries aren't also trying to compete. In recent years, everywhere from Tel Aviv to Singapore has fought to establish itself as a tech hub. But Bermuda reckons that if it gets the regulation right, it can encourage businesses to establish themselves there. Bermuda's hoping that its experience and preeminence in the reinsurance sector will set it up well to also become a leader in the fintech space. Having a well-established traditional financial sector has already helped other places, such as London and New York, cross over into fintech and become global hubs. Startups have been able to tap into the expertise of the legacy financial firms, while those firms have been keen to support the fintechs as they've helped them modernise. Bermuda is hoping it can do the same. Thinking about ways to diversify away from insurance required some help from outside. The annual World Economic Forum in Davos brings together world leaders from finance, technology, business and politics, and is a place where deals are done and contacts are made. Going to Davos in 2018 gave Bermuda the opportunity to make connections in the fintech arena, who were then invited to the island to be part of the task force that would be crafting the new legislation. Those people are still part of the process. David Burt has put together what they call a global fintech advisory board, featuring experts from both sides of the Atlantic. Dennis Pitcher is the chief fintech advisor to David Burt. He created a couple task forces. One focused on on the legal aspects and another focused on the business development aspects. How do we attract people to the island? 
with that, we, we really started scoping out and figuring out how do we connect with individuals and businesses out there. Because if we wanted to repeat the model of what we did with insurance in working closely with the industry, we really had to go where the industry was. Alan Wayne-Smith agrees that making international connections at the outset was vital. So the Davos trip was very, very important. And that is how we began. We had our genesis by starting with legislation. And we chose to leverage our reputation in international business and in reinsurance and in insurance and in financial services. But Bermuda is regarded as one of the best regulated jurisdictions in the world. And we thought we would leverage that to provide a fair, safe and well-regulated space for fintech companies to develop and launch their ideas. Leveraging their reputation in this way is risky. Bermuda has worked hard to strengthen its regulation from murky beginnings in the 1970s and 80s, when, as an insurance industry veteran recently told the FT, regulation was so bad that you could turn up with a brass plate and do what you wanted, to a point where it's now considered on a par with European insurance regulation. Opening itself up to a new area of business, fintech, which is known, particularly in crypto, for attracting some quite shady characters and companies, could potentially endanger its hard-won status as a serious place to do business. Dennis Pitcher again. Well, because of our existing history in insurance, it is very important to us that we don't disrupt our existing industry and our standard. We've put years and years of effort into developing a really strong reputation and a well-respected reputation for managing insurance because it is a very high-risk industry that supports rebuilding after catastrophes like hurricanes and earthquakes. So we play a very important role in the global marketplace. At the same time, if we want to facilitate this new industry, we have to look at it and say, well, how do we create the right kind of framework that also manages the risks associated with this industry? So the custody risks, the compliance risks, the cybersecurity risks, the, the risks of the business model. How do we really provide guidance so that you can grow your business and know that you've taken care of those and, and you're really going to protect your, your investor, your customer assets? Uh, which I think is a, a key principle of dealing in finance. But Alan Wayne-Smith says they're confident in their approach because Bermuda's FinTech Advisory Board is staffed with world-leading experts in the field. Some of the thought leaders in the space, um, some of them are educators, some of them are regulators, some are lawyers, entrepreneurs, innovators, developers, blockchain and crypto enthusiasts, FinTech subject matter experts. And we work with all these internal and external stakeholders to evolve our strategy and activities moving forward. You know, we have always looked at other jurisdictions in terms of what they do in crafting our fintech strategy. We studied what other jurisdictions. So we've looked at many jurisdictions, large and small, and have crafted what we call a Bermuda-centric solution that takes the positive and good things from the things that are working in other juris successful jurisdictions. and allows us to create a, a strategy and platform that works for Bermuda, given the intricacies and the exigencies of Bermuda that are going to be different from other countries. Like any development in tech, cybersecurity is very important to get right. And Bermuda has had to think seriously about the risks of hacking and other cyber attacks in all its work. David Schreier explains... Often in implementing new technologies, so whether it's a new payment system or it's a new digital currency or it's a new 
identity network for the government and banks to, to handle digital identity, whatever the new technology is, we want to make sure that it takes into consideration cybersecurity risk so that it is built on a strong foundation. Frequently, one of the major challenges with cybersecurity is simply lack of understanding, that people only think of it after there's been a hack. There's an expression, closing the barn door after the horse has escaped. And that, unfortunately, all too often is what happens with cyber. And so some of the most notable cybersecurity hacks that have happened in recent years, for example, uh, there was a central bank in uh, the Asia Pacific region in a developing country where they had very old technologies. So they were linked into contemporary payment systems for cross-border payment transactions for institutions, so bank-to-bank transactions. But they, they had the actual central bank in that country was using Windows 3.1 for their banking computers, and 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 they didn't have very good cybersecurity training. Uh, and so there were known vulnerabilities in those systems that were simply not flagged or addressed, and over $80 million was stolen as a result. Bermuda has managed to attract some companies away from the US because of what they consider to be burdensome regulations there. Circle, a large and well-established American crypto company backed by Goldman Sachs, moved its operations to Bermuda last year because of growing regulatory pressures in the States. But they've since left the island again. It's not clear why. Another cryptocurrency that's come to the island is trading firm XBTO. It's a cryptocurrency exchange that also buys and sells crypto for its own account for a profit. XBTO has set up a clearinghouse and exchange for so-called stablecoins, which are like cryptocurrencies but are pegged to fiat currencies such as the dollar. Dennis Pitcher says they hope other companies will follow suit. Our, our fastest growing business on island is a company called XBTO. Um, They work by trading positions across exchanges globally and and providing liquidity across the various exchanges. And then they've also created their own exchange for stablecoins. And it's part of the the inspiration for our currency standard initiative, uh, where we accept stablecoins that are one-to-one, 100% reserve U.S. dollar-based and Bermuda dollar-based for payment of taxes, fees, and services. So that is something that we've been working closely with them and we're also attracting other players to participate in that uh, and they're having good success and they they, I think are the showcase for us at the moment in terms of the uh, fastest growing and and the most uh, successful uh, business on the island. Bermuda also wants to encourage local talent to set up companies. Among those that have answered the government's call is a company called Bermuda Chain founded by Alex Marshall who was previously a music producer. We specialize in consulting and and advising on different ways to integrate and domicile your company here in our tax advantaged and uh, blockchain and and fintech uh, advantaged ecosystems. So we act as a consulting and advisory service for clients, whether it be business and private sector or governmental level. We work in all different sectors in, in fintech and blockchain. And, and cryptocurrencies. So, for example, we've worked with Shift Network with them on their digital EID system that they're building out. And we, we offer education services, such as we work with the government of Bermuda and we're pro- providing a course on advanced fintech and blockchain 
for those that wanted to learn more about it and get certified so that they could be lined up for potential jobs as new employers come to the island here. There is a lot of optimism in Bermuda, like we heard there from Alex, about the possibility that people can get trained up in fintech and blockchain so they can line themselves up for future jobs. But this isn't like getting training in a vocation. Blockchain is still in a highly experimental stage. As a journalist, I've personally seen literally hundreds of projects try to launch but never get off the ground. And I'm very sceptical about blockchain's potential. And fintech is so broad that offering people training in it isn't likely to be enough for them to then take that forward and find themselves a job. What fintech companies need is people with expertise in areas like software development, compliance and the law, and even traditional finance. It might be better for Bermudians to train up in these areas. Internationally, Bermuda has made partnerships with consulting companies like Pemrose Partners in Canada, which connect them with other crypto and blockchain firms. Canada and Bermuda have a long-standing relationship of close commercial, investment, cultural and political ties. Pemrose Partners specialises in blockchain technology advisory. It's been encouraging businesses from Canada to set up in Bermuda. Karem Koljolu is the CEO of Pemrose Partners. He says several firms are considering the move, and his role is to find the best fit for both sides. So really what we've been focusing on is bridging the gaps between startups that are building innovative technologies in this space with enterprises, investors and governments looking to understand and adopt the technologies. So really why Bermuda became a, a, a strong location or headquarters for us was that the governments and the regulators there really spoke to the entire world through conferences and events saying that they wanted to be Innovation Island. They wanted to be uh, the location where they facilitated a lot of the uh, technology development and adoption. We've been just going back and forth between Canada and Bermuda and really working alongside both governments and trying to do our best to support their mission. In 2018 and 19, a lot of the conversations between the governments were around uh, for Canada to send its brightest and best technology companies to Bermuda. So our role really was in that due diligence and company selection process from the private sector. And a lot of the work that we had already done in Bermuda allowed us to develop the relationships and really understand the ecosystem so that we knew the steps to take to be able to establish a business there, to grow uh, a network there and really become successful. So really just marrying that too and developing uh, kind of a pipeline of businesses in Canada that fit the mold of what Bermuda was actually asking for. And then a little bit of holding their hand as we introduce them to all of the important stakeholders in both the public and private sector in Bermuda. Bermuda is hoping that this new sector can bring with it the kind of jobs boost that somewhere like London, one of the top global hubs for fintech, has seen. It's estimated that around 50,000 people work in the fintech industry in the British capital. Of course, Bermuda wouldn't be hoping for anything quite this high, but nevertheless, it hopes this nascent industry could provide a lot of work if they manage to achieve their goal of being a destination for companies in the sector. In order to achieve this, Bermuda reckons that it needs systemic change, including in education. So they've brought an education director into the fintech business unit to lead their education initiative. 
This will run over the next few years to build the technical knowledge of Bermudians. So far, they've run courses like an introduction to blockchain, an introduction to fintech, as well as blockchain bootcamps. Alan Wayne Smith and Dennis Pitcher say their work is all about trying to find promising new industries for Bermudians to work in at a time when the island's traditional industries are suffering. What I'm really and truly passionate about is the ability, the opportunity to use this technology, this emerging technology, to give people hope. One of our former politicians once famously said that the best social program is a job. And, you know, we have a situation where, because we've seen contraction in, in other sectors and coronavirus has made it worse, you know, it's been difficult for people uh, in a lot of spaces to find jobs or to find a new job or to find something more interesting or meaningful to get some personal and professional growth. We're looking to, you know, hone our people's skills because we, we learned that, you know, people like Google and these large companies, they have, uh, history has shown that they choose to domicile their, their businesses and headquarters in jurisdictions where there's a high incidence of talent with technical skills. So we want to build a workforce that has technical skills for the jobs of today and tomorrow. We were very invested in making sure Bermudians have a, a foothold in the development of this industry. We don't want Bermudians to just sit on the sidelines. And thus, it's a, it's a very critical piece to make sure we get as many Bermudians trained up and in on the ground floor in this industry as possible, because if we're able to lead in it, it'll be more beneficial for us over the long term. Uh, the interesting thing is that we've invested a lot in training, but it's always a learning and evolving process, because I think a lot of other jurisdictions will be great at focusing on, a, on how to build these systems. But in our positioning, we really need to figure out how do we position ourselves to use them and, and facilitate uh, mainstream adoption globally and, and kind of drive our industry forward. Bermuda is taking one particular approach to fintech. Their somewhat distant neighbours in the Caribbean are also thinking about how to use it, but in a rather different way, developing the digital Eastern Caribbean dollar. Sharmin Powell is the Chief Risk Officer at the Eastern Caribbean Central Bank. She's also the chairperson of the FinTech Working Group, which oversees the implementation of the Digital Eastern Caribbean Dollar pilot project. They are wagering that digitizing the currency could be a good way of reducing cash transactions and increasing financial inclusion. The project launched about the same time as Bermuda started looking into FinTech's potential. So the Digital East Dollar project is being run as a pilot and we're piloting it in four of our eight member countries, Antigua and Barbuda, Grenada, St. Kitts and Nevis, and St. Lucia, because we would have launched our strategic plan in 2017. And the theme of that strategic plan is transforming the region. And one of the key areas that we, we are looking at in terms of transformation is digitization. Of course, we also had, um, as one of our objectives, to improve the way we do transfers and payments. And of course, as you mentioned, the financial inclusion aspect was a big part of it. Yeah, we saw the digitization of the currency as one of the key drivers. We also have um, a goal of reducing the use of cash, physical cash, by 50% by the year 2025. And so we recognized that to do that, we had to introduce a digital form of the currency to kind of take up that reduction in cash. The project is currently in a testing phase. What they want is for people to be able to hold the digital currency in two different types of wallet. 
one kind for people who already have bank accounts and another for those who don't. Sharmin Powell says that COVID-19 has made the need to digitise more urgent. We've seen a heightened interest in the projects since the onset of COVID-19. People are looking for more, for, for more contactless payments. So both on the financial institution and the merchant ends and even the end users, they're all now looking for what is a safer way to transact so they have less human interaction. This is a, a watershed moment for the region, as it is for the rest of the world, in terms of uh, particularly what we've seen happen with COVID-19. And we see how the, how the landscape has changed. And so this is one, one way of us trying to respond to those challenges. So even though we have started before the, the COVID-19 pandemic came into being, it's even more critical now that we're able to lead the way. This is all part of a bigger picture of digitization for the region, because in this era, that is the way that we need to go. All these projects are still in quite an early and exploratory stage. But what the speed of their development shows is that one advantage of being a small island is that you can be nimble. Bermuda's approach to fintech is different to that of its neighbours in the Eastern Caribbean, or to other places like Papua New Guinea and Kenya. It's mostly focused on bringing business and job opportunities onto the island. It seems to be prioritising that above increasing financial inclusion. Having already succeeded at doing this with the reinsurance sector, it's not surprising in many ways that it thinks it can do this again with fintech. But the route to fintech success seems to me far less clear than the route they took back when they were building their reinsurance sector. With an industry that's so much less reliant on physical location, the global competition to attract crypto businesses is fierce. And there are already established centres, like Malta or Zug in Switzerland, known as Crypto Valley. Clearly, Bermuda has a dynamic leader who inspires his people. But the country needs to be careful that the businesses it's bringing in are going to be the kind of businesses that will be successful over the long term. Any jurisdiction that's thinking about how to use or to encourage development in fintech needs to be clear about what it's trying to achieve and whether any given fintech innovation has proven itself enough to be invested in. A lot of blockchain projects across the world, for instance, have fizzled out despite huge promise. Policymakers need to make sure they're not just jumping on the bandwagon by ensuring that the technology they're adopting can solve a real problem that the country faces, like identification in Papua New Guinea or affordable money transfer in Kenya. Seeing fintech as an opportunity to bring in revenue and jobs, like Bermuda does, is not in itself a bad thing. But policymakers should make sure they're not effectively getting into bed with companies that have been deemed too risky to operate in the countries their founders come from. As we know, reputation takes a lifetime to build and only a few seconds to destroy. Fintech offers some exciting promises and brings with it the kind of innovation that can transform economies by bringing unbanked populations into the financial system. While fintech in the developed world is often just about giving consumers a nicer user experience and perhaps cutting some fees, in the developing world, it does have a true revolutionary potential. But still, we all know that most innovations fail and there are a lot of snake oil salesmen in this area. So policymakers should be cautious about what they commit to. Regulation is also a challenge that is evolving with the technology. Sometimes it is important for regulators to go in gently, as they did in Kenya with M-Pesa. But there's a difference between taking a wait-and-see approach and being asleep at the wheel. Before embarking on their own fintech journeys, policymakers across the Commonwealth, and indeed the globe, 
should make sure they're being just as scrupulous towards fintech startups as they would be towards traditional firms. Thank you for listening to Fintech Journeys. If you'd like to find out more and download the Commonwealth Fintech Toolkit, please visit www.thecommonwealth.org forward slash fintech. Commonwealth's Fintech Journeys podcast was created in partnership with the Commonwealth Secretariat and Chalk and Blade.